it's it seems like they're starting to shift more towards our style like they're more open to being real more open to being open yes so that's because of bts so i can tell you a little like uh k-pop background excitement here so um when k-pop started to become exciting in korea and people started to pick it up in the north american world which i know was a lot to do with our youtube videos because there was it was not allowed to be sent overseas so youtube was the only source that people had outside of korea wow, to see k-pop yeah so it was kind of like, we're talking about these bands, reviewing these bands, showing little clips and people are like, oh my God, that's so cool. Or that's the band that I like. So that's kind of how it started to pick up the steam. Welcome back, sort of. Uh, <laughs> it's our first, our first podcast. Uh, we are two friends that have known each other for 23 years. Is that true? 23 years? Yeah, did That's, the math. I did the math on it. He's math, not good yeah. at math, so we might want to relook that. Um, and disagree on pretty much everything. Uh, we're going to be exploring a plethora, good word, of subjects with a variety of experts as well as do a podcast where we talk through questions like how far would your friend, how far would you go to help a friend, which we actually had that conversation. Yeah, that's why day. we turned into a podcast. Um, today we have Martina from Eat Your Kimchi with over a million subscribers. She has had major influence on Nate's life, inspiring him to be a YouTube <laughs> channel or to start a YouTube channel. You say uh, begin, okay. <laughs> Which led uh, to our filmmaking company, Blue Hammock Studios. Um, he's also fallen in love with Korea and K-pop thanks to her content. She has lived in Korea, Japan, and Canada, um, which is Nate, Nate's jealous of all three. <laughs> yep. uh, he lived in Canada, yeah, for, Canada a year. for one year, Montreal. <laughs> oh, Montreal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> She's been on Running Man, which is personally one of Nate's favorite shows of all time. Oh, I can um, tell you so much juicy gossip. It was oh, so much please. Fun. <laughs> please. <laughs> she Later. Has, <laughs> she has created also created a mental health campaign called Hashtag Build a Ladder, which we'll touch on later. And most recently, recently she has announced uh, she's working on a cookbook with the help of her community. Uh, welcome, Martina. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for christening our podcast. That's the buttons that we had. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> As you, we came in, we were playing. You came, you know, we were hitting the, oh, like, I love that. I was that. Being, the switchers and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, can you hit me with a sound effect? Yeah, hit her. Uh, welcome back to our podcast. <laughs> This is Martina from King Kogi. We are, oh, the music stops. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's a, one of those little intros. I'm going to be sweating it. like as 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 we go forward with this. It's yeah, just going to be progressively <laughs> just sweat coming down, just to let you know. That's the, that's the, that's the life. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. I mean, we're fat anyway, so we need to lose weight. This is perfect. We're doing both at the same time. Sauna. Yeah, we should do this on a treadmill. We should just hook these on our treadmill. <laughs> so, where are you from? Fuck's sake. I can't. Shut up, shut up. I gotta, I gotta breathe. Um, so, yeah, your latest project would be King Kogi, uh, hmm. right? I'm saying that right, right? King Kogi. You yeah. are. Um, it is. This, I, I love to be able to describe this to people who don't know it because Kogi is a pig. He is a stuffed toy pig. And I got him in Korea. And the Kogi means, don't tell him. Kogi means meat in Korean. <laughs> I didn't know how important Kogi was going to be in my life, but he, before I really got a diagnosis for EDS and really knew what I had, um, there was a lot of times where Kogi was with me helping my shoulders from popping out. And he came with me where I traveled. He's my travel pig. And I literally drew 
like on the back of him, like my iPad on trains and planes all around the globe. And I thought to myself, well, King Kogi has really had my back for all these years. Like he's been with me while I create and draw and edit. So he's kind of like this awesome guy. So I kind of created this little world with King Kogi and his little airship that he lives on. And I can I've show you, your... but I can't show the podcast. But yeah, I've seen the <laughs> drawings. Yeah, I've seen you have a lot of drawings of, uh, of King Kogi. I like to doodle. <laughs> you like to doodle. So, like Garth when he plays the drums and he's like, I like to play. <laughs> when, when, we, we look like uh, Wayne's World in here because of the garage. Like we yeah. just need like oh, yeah. we just pull in the couch and like we would be like Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they do it in a basement though. But yeah, so let's go over your like I what I what I consider uh, very important to me, your hashtag build a ladder, mm. um, because not everybody knows what it is. Um, so go ahead and just explain kind of what that is real quick. Sure. Um, oh my God. I'm trying to figure out how to explain it. So I don't want to say real quick. I'm not rushing. You yeah. I, didn't, I was like, come on now. Go on, now. Go on. <laughs> right now. No, 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 no. The music comes on. And we're out. I'm like, ah. Uh, well, so basically build a ladder is kind of my mantra that I, I ended up sharing it with people. I hate saying mantra because I picture me being like, it's my mantra, man. This <laughs> water of tears, you know, like, no, uh, basically I, I fell into a really dark pit. I was extremely depressed. I have EDS, which creates a chronic illness all the time. I have HEDS, which is hypermobile type. And I have been through just tremendous amounts of experiences from dislocating my knee, dislocating my kneecap, my shoulders dislocated. I dislocate my spine all the time. It's horrible. Like if you go to a hair salon and I'm in a sink, they herniated the bone in my neck. So then your arm goes numb. Like it never ends, right? It's constant. It goes on forever. And I really was being beaten down, falling in a dark place, feeling hopeless because your whole day gets shook up, right? You try to have a schedule, like I'm going to do this but you don't know what's going to happen. Every day is unpredictable and it makes you feel frustrated and like you're never going to be able to move forward with anything. So then I thought, okay, well, I need to get out of this pit and I need to be more appreciative and turn my spotlight that's like in my brain outwards and see the world. And so there's lots of different ways you can say that, you know, you can say being great gratitude or appreciate what's around you or look at the little things in life. But for me, I really actually literally need to appreciate everything in order to keep my brain from falling into a state of serious negativity. You know, once you hit that negative point, that's when you start, you know, talking to yourself and being really down. And so no, so build a ladder is very simple. If I get up in the morning, I have a whole bunch of twinkle lights all over my house. I walk over, I plug it in. I go, oh, that's really pretty. And I go to the next thing. It's kind of like setting breadcrumbs for myself, you know, and I turn on that light and I, and I grind my coffee and I, I smell it. And, and I really try to appreciate everything around me. And that keeps me from feeling um, super low, super down. And of course, you're going to fall off your ladder. There's going to be days where shit goes horribly wrong. You're upset. You will fall down. But if you land in that dark pit again, you know how to get out. So it's kind of like a cheat code on life. Yeah. As long as you accept that you can get out of it again, you will repeat. It's kind of like Groundhog's Day. Like we're kind of stuck in this little cycle, but it's okay because I understand that it's a cycle. I've accepted it's a cycle and I just have to keep up this little pattern to keep myself going and being positive. That's, um, I don't know if, if you don't mind me talking on that real there quick. Um, it's, it's kind of crazy because that's kind of how I live and you just were able to articulate it so much better. Um, I always... You know, I always try to tell everybody, and it's kind of cliche, but you know, life is—it's a roller coaster. You're gonna have those days. You kind of set yourself up for failure in the future for like a lot of people. So, like, 
<laughs> you might not put the keys where they go. You're like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, you take your shoes off or whatever you want. You're just depressed. You just want to go. You can't do anything. And then the next day, like when you're all excited and you're like, all right, let's get out of here. Where are my keys? Where are my fucking shoes? Yeah. And like, it's like that, but like in a bigger, grander scheme. But for, uh, for me, you know, uh, and like, I always try to tell Nate, like, just, just like small accomplishments are, are good you know it's it's okay to focus on small accomplishments small accomplishments and and right now is literally all we have i mean this in a serious way we can plan all we want but everyone's plans got real fucked in 2020 didn't they yeah so (laughs) you know when people say to you like where do you see yourself in four years i always disliked that i never knew what to say and i felt like a fraud because i never imagined where i was going to be in four years i was just like i don't know i'm trying to get through the day doesn't mean i'm irresponsible you know like i pay the bills i do all that stuff but I do, I do things to help myself. Like I set alarms on my phone, like a million alarms so that I don't have to keep it in my brain anymore. That's, I go yeah, that's hundred percent me. <laughs> yeah. There's no pads all over my house in my drawers and wherever pens, because and you know how everyone says to you, Oh, when you can't sleep at night because you're anxious or, or you're dealing with panic attacks, you know, you should write or whatever. And you're like, shut, shut up. Like shut the fuck up. <laughs> but actually what I find helpful is that it's not all the time. It's just particular moments when I'm like looping something like, Oh, I have to do this or I can't forget that. Or I just lean over, I open it up and I write it down. And just like that, it's like, boom. So you feel better. Yeah. 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 So it's about learning how to function with your life. Yeah. That's me with the, I have, I think I have like nine or 10 alarms on my phone right Mm -hmm. now. And then I also have a whiteboard, which uh, I need to bring in here because this is our office and it's in my room. And I can't remember anything to do. So. Yeah, me too. I <laughs> he have comes, a whiteboard he too. comes yeah. in and sits down for like 15 minutes. And goes, <laughs> like, what I do I do? I, yeah, I know I have something to do. I don't know what that something is. Or then he tries to tell me and then he tells me. And then five minutes later, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, trying to remember what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> I, I have no idea. And so together we're like half a person. <laughs> so so my question for you guys is in that kind of moment, do you find that you um, beat yourself up for that? Like, do you find you, you saying to yourself, like, what's wrong with me? Or I'm stupid or, oh my God. Or, or how do you feel like when that happens? So for me, uh, this is, it's fairly new for me. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know, prior to the army and even in the army for the first couple of years, um, so just so I, we talked about this early on, I forgot we haven't mentioned it in the podcast yet. Um, I've been diagnosed with anxiety, PTSD and major depression um, due to uh, my life in the army. And in the first couple of years in the army, um, I was kind of a, uh, what we call like a high speed soldier. Um, and anytime anybody mentioned anxiety and depression, and all that shit, I just kind of, I was like, you're, you're being a bitch. Like you're, mm. you're being, you're lazy. You're being, you know, a bitch like, you know, get it together. And, uh, I didn't realize how serious anxiety, uh, and, and depression can be. Um, and then even like, uh, suicide thoughts, right? Like when you think like, Oh, do you have suicidal thoughts? Um, they're not as definitive as you would think they are. Uh, for instance, um, I went through a suicidal period here, uh, about a year ago where I didn't know I was suicidal for about two weeks, but everything that was wrong Mm. could be solved with me not being here anymore. And that's how I looked at it. And for two weeks, I was just like, man, I just don't need to be here. Like, this is crazy. And it wasn't, we see things in media and movies that say that if we're not on the side of a bridge going, I'm going to do it, man. Like, if that's not what you're doing. Yeah. You're you're like, I'm not suicidal, but, and then, but like when you look at a, a issue, you're like, man, it's just better off if I'm not here. Um, and then, and, and that's how I was like looking at these problems. And after about two weeks, I came up for air and was like, 
holy shit, like <laughs> I've been thinking about nothing but like killing myself for the last two weeks and had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this is all relatively new to me in the last couple mm-hmm. years. Um, so with that, I think I have some advantages like that, you know, Nate doesn't have because I've experienced life before anxiety and I can experience it knowing that I'm diagnosed now, but before, before being diagnosed, I definitely had a hard time with it because I was like, yeah. what, what the fuck's wrong with me? Like, I don't believe it's it. exactly like, like something with pain, right? So yeah, I had have chest pains. Pain, yeah. I would have it, chest yeah. pains and go to the, I went to the ER three different times down here. I went twice in, yeah. in Tennessee and twice I was in like, Japan. I was rushed to the hospital. I thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're like I, we were going to go pick up my family from the airport, my my wife and kids, and I had to get I had I was like, dude, you have to drop me off at the hospital. You have to go pick them up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm having a heart attack. Like I'm probably gonna yeah. be dead by the time they get here. See, so, the concept is that people don't realize about things like anxiety or uh, things that are happening inside that can't be seen, as I call it, an invisible illness. Invisible, yeah. Yeah. The problem with that is that it's um, not there until it's there, right? So because Nate has been dealing with this for so long, and I've been dealing with my version of it for so long, we don't know the difference. So we may not reach out for help because we think we are the norm. So I didn't know yeah. that being in pain 24-7 was not normal. How would I know that? Yeah. When I was like 10 and 9 and 8 and 7, I couldn't sleep. I was in pain. My jaw was falling out. I was losing my shoulders out of socket. I was like, this really hurts. But I mean, I guess it's normal. And so you didn't realize it until later. But for you, you didn't have any of it until you had it. So yeah. now you're going, oh, wow, this is what it's like. So that's why. And I don't look down on you for that attitude that before about being like, suck it up, this and that. Because when you have everything, right, yeah, yeah. you're like, this is not that difficult. Yeah, like why 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 is it so hard for you to get out of yeah, bed? Just but fucking get out of bed. See how out of controllable it is. Like how you have that chest pain suddenly. Like you don't know what's happening. It just happens to you. So. Yeah. So I became so so fucked up that uh, I became somewhat agoraphobic. So I couldn't. Uh, I had a panic attack basically for ten days straight. Like mm-hmm. couldn't get out of bed. Anytime I got out of bed, my heart would race. My chest mm-hmm. would hurt. And uh, you know when I finally accepted my diagnosis or whatever, you know life began to change for me. But um, and that after that 10 day period, I couldn't leave the house. I wanted yeah. to leave. I, I was like, I need to get out of here. And just I would visualize the door and just couldn't get out. I couldn't get mm-hmm. out the door. And then finally, when I could, I couldn't I couldn't leave the town. And then I, I mean, I couldn't get on the highway. And then finally, when I could. I, so it was like baby steps back to norm. Yeah. And so like I'm lucky because I, I was able to I only had a small transition period where I was like, what the fuck's wrong with me? You know, you guys have have went you know, most of your childhood and, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And it's frustrating. I can understand it completely now. Like when you, you don't want to get out of bed, you don't, you, you just can't, you can't do something. There are no fucks yeah. to be given. And, and yeah. the other part that people don't realize is that it's not a choice at the time because it's our chemicals in our brain. So neurochemicals and all that stuff going on really does affect you. So, you know, actually I was going to say to Nate that like one of my closest friends growing up was bipolar yeah. and he didn't know. And so I remember him bawling his eyes out being like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I like, I like my life, but I hate my life. Like he has these days where he just thinks that it's awful and rotten. He tried to kill himself twice. Um, I was unable to turn my phone off ever in my house because I was terrified to miss his call, you know? So it was like five years of high school. Every time the phone would ring, this is before cell phones. So you've got like the landline and you know, my parents are down the hall and you're like, hello. Like, and so I remember that like tumultuous feeling. And then they found out that he had in his family, other people who had things. And then he tried out medication and then his chemicals returned to normal. So suddenly when you wake up in the morning, you have the fully loaded chemical and you go, okay, I'm going to get up. When you don't have that, you're literally like, yeah, you, no. uh, 
he's actually seen me at my worst where I literally can't like move some days. Like I literally like you, you saw me the one day I like mm. I was just laying my head like on the like desk next to my bed and it took like just to move my arm felt like an immense task. And uh, a lot of times, I mean, honestly, it's almost worse on like like you, Scott, and my family just because you never know where I'm going to be. Well, mm -hmm. it's it's so the frustrating part, you know, if, if you're if you've never experienced anxiety before, the frustrating part is, you know, Nate lives with us, by the way. Yeah. yeah um, sorry. <laughs> we, we pulled him down because I I was concerned with him with where he was up there in Maryland. You know, we were in a small town. There's mm -hmm. not a lot to do. And, you know, we wanted to create this studio. And so I was like, I begged, I begged him to come down for like a year and finally got him down here. Um, but That's great. Yeah, I know. I was, every day I was like, dude, in I was worried about rush. him. I'm like, you need to come down here. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I was like, you got to come out, man. You got to, you got to do something, you know, you got to, you got to get out of there. So, um, but if you don't, if you've never experienced anxiety, you need to have patience with people who do have anxiety, um, which can be frustrating at times because you want to do something, you want to be productive and get something done, and and they can't move. You know, they're yeah. they're in bed, and you're like, get the fuck up, like let's go. It's but it, because it's invisible, you can't, you know. So you have to trust that they know where their body is you have to you know and what you're saying about trusting that they know i'm sure that now like nate now might be like yeah i know but as i was saying before when you're born with it you don't know what you have right so i'm sure there was a time period nate um you know how long did you feel like you know what's wrong with me did you have those feelings yeah definitely through like high school was a really bad time oh my god all the hormones too and high school <laughs> yeah so that was the worst actually i only um I think it was like three years ago I finally got put on medication. Mm. So like that whole time I was kind of dealing with the whole ups and downs. And, Not uh, knowing. Really. I mean, I, mean, I knew kind something of knew, was off. Yeah. Like it, it was worse than most other people I knew. Like everybody has ups and downs. But like when I was down, I was like, you know, like I said, not being able to move, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's really bad at, at calling or talking to people. Oh, like, yeah, that's social oh, anxiety. That he, will not, he will not pick up a message for like five days. <laughs> yeah, and if you're like, we are exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> if you're a friend, a concerned friend, you are panicking by like the fourth day. You're like, I, it just, I, I would call his sister. Like, have you seen Nate? Like, will you fucking go over there and knock on his door and be like, you know, I need a welfare check on my friend because, yeah. you know, I know his his issues but i also like couldn't get a hold of them and so i'm like yeah. that's concerning so nate i've developed all these little weird tricks for that as well because the biggest complaint my friends had was that i never called them back i never messaged them back like the message will come in and i'll physically be like Ugh. like it just yeah it, uh, it's, yeah the idea of having to like type it up and think about what i'm gonna say and like there's there's this feeling yeah. not all the time but it happens so yep. what i do is i'm an emoji gif queen you say gif or jif we should find that out now Gif, gif. Yeah, gif. Thank you. We're not barbarians here. Yeah, I mean, come on. Um, That's wine. What are we, farmers? No. I love farmers. I'm just quoting a TV show. Anyone who's offended, that's Gone, canceled. <laughs> yes, She's off the air. Kim Coke is gone. Like, oh, um, but yeah, so what I do is uh, I respond with a gif or an emoji so that I don't have to type. And I, I let my friends know. Gifs and emojis with no texting means that I'm having a rough day. And I need you to send me like memes or whatever to keep me going, but yeah. I just can't respond. So if my friend messages me and I just put like, a, I just send like an emoji, that's kind of like, Hmm, or like, what? I know that I've communicated. So they, they feel safe. 
So yeah. I don't feel that nagging guilt that I didn't respond to them, but they also know that something's up. So I find that there's these little tiny tricks that help me get through these. Yeah, moments. I'll definitely have to try that because you're about like, 80% gifts already. Oh, I'm, me I'm, too. I'm looking through, I'm looking through these texts and like I would send him something and he comes back with a gift, like almost everything. So I had um, back surgery about two years ago, I think it was, and then knee surgery, ACL replacement oh. a year ago. And I know you talked about like you basically have constant, you know, physical pain. That is, I've found one of my worst triggers for depression. Do you have anything that you do to like? He help feels frustrated. With that? Yeah. He feels yeah. frustrated when he's when he's done so much work and then gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I am completely on the same page with you on that. I have not stopped physiotherapy for eight years now. I I went to physiotherapy once a week, every single week. When I was in Japan for five years, I, I there's always something wrong with me. You, I, I've torn something. I tore my ligament over here when I was trying to. I literally tore like what was I? Nothing. Dislocated thumbs, <laughs> oh backwards. My ribs come out all the time, so I can't breathe. They pop out near the back. We have like ribs that move. I'm like, how does a rib dislocate? Yeah, it does. So it, <laughs> it is very frustrating, but I I do find that you know I have to accept that everyone has a different kind of life. So, you know, there are some people who have incredibly awesome bodies and they're super fit and they become Olympians. And no matter how hard I try, right. I can be like, I want to be an Olympian. No, I, I can't <laughs> like, I cannot. Right. So I say to myself, curdling. hopefully as a Canadian, <laughs> yeah, like shove a <laughs> vacuum down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a Roomba, yeah. <laughs> A vacuum, my god! Whatever those discs are called, whatever those discs are called, are they called like a stone? Stone, that's what they are. Yeah, they look like. I was a good one, Martina. I was like, quickly, Canada, Canadian power, come to me. Googling immediately, but um. But, you know, what I'm saying is yeah. that I, I say to myself, okay, well, what are the qualities I have? What can I do, right? What, what can I do? Because if I focus on things like, oh my God, I have to go to physiotherapy again. I have to do this kind of thing again. It does feel frustrating and never ending, but I say, well, what am I doing right now? I'm doing something for myself, aren't I? I am taking care of myself. So the other choice is, you know, don't go to physiotherapy and let your ACL not heal properly and have more and more pain. So I say, no, that would be hurting myself. That would be me being an asshole. When I say that to my friend, so I kind of remind myself this and I say, I'm doing something good for me. And what are the things that I can do with my life? So I'm sure there are things, Nate, that you like to do that you enjoy doing like a hobby or a job or something, something you like. And that is the kind of place that we need to stay in mentally yeah. instead of being like, this sucks that I have to do this extra thing. I go, no, it's self-care. It's necessary. And it's going to make me better. And it will happen again. Maybe not for you, but you know, I know it'll happen again. And I go, that's okay. It's going to happen. And sometimes you fucking throw a pity party. Yeah. Yeah. And Nate might know this, but I have a pity party rule. Um, basically, first of all, I should explain in seven days of the week, I have a cycle that I go through that I am aware of. Two days are shit. I don't know which ones are going to be shit, but two days are going to be so shit. One day is going to be like an injury day. That's shit. And then the next day I'll have to recover. So I don't know when that's coming. Like you don't know when it's going to happen. And then there's going to be a day where all my chemicals are drained from pushing through and being like positive and getting through it. And then I'll wake up one day and I'll be <laughs> yeah. like, exactly can't move, like lying in bed. I'm like, I fucking hate my life. I hate my body. This sucks. Why me? I go through everything. And, and then you're describing you to, me. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's real because we yeah. don't have the chemical. There, there's no dopamine. There's no serotonin. Like it's literally like running a car and empty and going, why aren't you driving? And it's like, I don't have an infection. Yes. Like, <laughs> right. So yeah. 
you basically have to push your car. Like you're the car and you need to push it. And say to, I say to myself, okay, if I don't have to push myself today, like if I don't have something due or something that I can't cancel, then today's my fucking pity party day. I wear pajamas. I don't shower. I wear like, mm. I wear fuzzy <laughs> pink slippers. I put on like a, a pig hat. I have this hat that's like a pig that I got from Disneyland in Japan. It's ridiculous. I put it on. It's so stupid. Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh. I watch a funny movie. I fucking smoke weed because I'm in Canada now. Like whatever, right? I drink a beer. I watch. I just say, this day sucks. I hate it. I build paper cups. I destroy them like a city. Like I'm just like, (laughs) you get one day. That's the rule. You get one fucking day. It's not, you can't extend it and like do it the next day. So you get it all out in one day and you allow yourself to mourn and be sad and to grieve and go, this sucks. I hate it. I miss this person or I miss this thing or I'm sad about that. And then the next day you wake up, you're not going to necessarily feel hundred percent, but you go, okay, I had that day. Right? Not a festival. It's a one day pity party permit. Now I have to start rebuilding my ladder. And that will be tasks, things that I look at that I believe are important. And I go, this day was great. Look at all the stuff I did. And that my everything comes back, chemicals come back. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. You gotta, I need the limit to a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He spirals out of control. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I spiraled. Yeah. I, we're like planes and he's going down and I'm taking my wingtip, like, get up. Can I pull up? <laughs> I'm like trying to knock him out of it. I'm like, come yeah. on. Yeah. I'm like, like, no. You're I'm like, you're going to hit the ground. Come on. <laughs> like, um, yeah. It's not easy. By Speaking the way. of the pity party days, um, could you go a little bit into Running Man? Because I'm hyper curious and Running Man is definitely one of my shows I watch when yeah, I'm let's pity partying. Of, let's get out of negative. <laughs> <Yeah>. Explain <laughs> explain what uh, Running Man is for everybody. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's a variety show in Korea and they go around various doing various games. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Removing name tags. Uh, they kind of have this. tasks. Like they have tasks. Yeah, yeah. They, no, tasks. No, they have teams, right? Not. They have teams yeah. or are they? Yeah, they normally split into teams, two or three. And then they have guests, uh, guest stars, like different uh, K-pop Korean stars yeah, or K-pop K-pop actors, actors yeah. comedians. And you were on that, right, Martina? Yeah, yeah. I was on it for a food testing part. And um, they called us in and we had to get there at like 10 p.m., which was really bizarre. And we sat inside of this like palace building. The one that they were filming was inside of this like weird looking um Korean, like not a real palace, but it looked like that. And they get you all mic'd up and all ready. And they're like, okay, we should be filming in like 30 minutes or so. That was a lie. It was a four hour (laughs) wait, but we got to sit there and I'd be sitting there while like, you know, a famous Korean dude would go running past me to be chased by cameraman because it's kind of like a freestyle thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a competition. So like maybe he's trying to solve a clue and he's trying to do this. And so I'm like, oh, there's like this guy that runs by I'm like, oh, it's even ho or like it's it's crazy. And so you're just sitting there watching them run. And then they had a cooking competition. And so the teams cooked uh, against each other. And at the time, one of the guys was like the hottest K-pop, uh, Korean drama celeb. I forget his name now, but he had like the bowl haircut. Uh, that did not narrow. I am not down. as good with uh, the actors, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, anyways, I know he was he was big at the time, and um, the two of them, the teams were competing, and then they fed us the food like we had a panel, and so it was me, it was Simon, and then it was my friend who runs a Korean food blog, and then one more person who's a Korean food blogger, and so we ate it, and then we would comment on you know what it tasted like. And it was like basically icy cold because it takes them so long yeah, to get all the yeah. shots. <laughs> yeah. That's that's awesome. Like I always wanted to talk to like a food judge, like on the, all that my wife watches, like every baking show there is. Oh, me too. I love like, it. And, and they, and she watches Korean dramas and you watch, 
I don't really watch yeah. Korean dramas much. Say, it's mostly variety Man. shows. And yeah, he watches <laughs> variety shows. Star King, I was on Star King as well. Oh, which really? is, um, yeah. uh, is that? I can't think of it. I, oh my gosh. Well, no, no, you, you can't think of it because stuff? there's no word for it. It's like, what is it? It's like, yeah, yeah. the stage opens up and they, they're like, this dude can juggle orange cats. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, it's, it's all these bizarre talents. And then there's like a K-pop um, uh this was FX at the time and Super Junior. So Super Junior and FX were there and they were um, taking part with what we were doing. So uh, Simon and I learned like a little dance number and did like uh, like t- a 21 thing, which is a band that I loved. And I had Sorry. my hair up like, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they still yeah. do that too. They like, uh, I forget who it was. They uh, Oh, it was G Idol uh, recently did a, oh, a thing of that. Oh, they brought but, it back. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy because the show looks so good on television, but actually in real life, it's basically like a really janky set. And so you have to like side on these little things to get to the backstage and the doors open. But it's really like two dudes being like, you know, yeah, it's crazy to see behind the scenes stuff. Like you kind of like intentionally forget whenever you're like watching something on TV or something. But like then you see a real picture of the stage and you're like. Yeah. What in yeah. the crap? The power, the power of uh, television TV. and editing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you were a judge for that, did did you have uh, a predetermined winner or no. was it no. no? No, we didn't even know what we were going to eat because really? I think, yeah, there's they were really cooking it. It wasn't like a joke. Like they actually did all the cooking. There was about 8,000 cameramen and little <laughs> yeah, tiny <I> GoPros, <laughs> you know, and, um, and then they brought the food over and we tasted it. And like, honestly, some of it was good. And some of it was like, this is tough as fuck. And they were just like, <laughs> oh, of course I didn't say fuck, but like, yeah, you know. How would they contact you through that? They just like hit you up on email or something? Um, they contacted our friend who was the food blogger and then they needed to get uh, two more people who were in the food world. And so he's like, oh, my God, you guys are in the food world. Come to this event. And I'm like, all right. And so, <laughs> why not? Why not? Yeah. Had you had you known about Running Man before that? I knew about it a bit, um, but I was literally working nonstop um, in order to get like the studio going. Uh, the first couple of years in Korea, I was teaching. And so I, I, I was I'm actually a high school teacher. That's my degree, which now yeah, is yeah. a corner and rots slowly um <laughs> but yeah so i did a double major in english and philosophy in university of toronto and then i did a minor in world religions then i had to get my ed so in canada you have to then go to another university so i did six years of school to get this degree and then i was like bye-bye now, now i'm gonna be a youtuber <laughs> but yeah so um basically the point was i taught for three years and in that time period that's how i got to know k-pop because my students will eventually not really interact with you um if you just try to be a foreigner all the time because two weeks in they're like cool 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 and then they're like whatever this is class yeah. so i basically tried to get to know them as i would anyone so i'd be like oh what's your favorite bands and they'd be like super junior i'm like who the fuck so i'd look <laughs> down and i'd look it up and i'm like there's like 13 people in this band like, oh, yeah that's always my mind <laughs> and then we started doing these k-pop reviews which it wasn't for anybody it was for my students because yeah. my students i was reviewing it in english right so i would make a review of the song that came out like fx's you know whatever this pink balloon song and i would dance and like simon and i would make you know characters or, and i made scripts and stuff and then uh my students would watch it at the end of class so that's how i got into like the k-pop um stuff right that's, that's kind of like what started your channel growing isn't it or am i um, wrong on that actually it does seem like that from the yeah. outside, right? But from the inside, I was starting all these little um, welcome wagons for all the new people moving. So every time people would move to Buchan, they were really lonely. It was very isolating. So I would set up these events on Facebook and we would meet up in person. So huh. I started to create this little like community of people. 
Um, and there's about nine of them now that I'm still closely in touch with. It's wonderful. But, um, and so the community just got bigger and bigger. And then they would send their, the, the videos that I made, I would make like private videos about, you know, like how to use your rice cooker, how to read the Korean. And I would do that to help them out. And then I did these presentations for um, the teaching council that's there. It's called GAPIC. And I would explain to the people how to teach because a lot of them weren't actually teachers. So they didn't know how to teach their students. So there was a lot of like interacting with the foreign community. And then that's how the video started to spread to their friends and stuff. And then the K-pop stuff kind of got um, picked up along with it. So that's awesome. It's a how, fluke. How, <laughs> how did you like, uh, are you or like, do you plan on ever going back to teaching or how did you like doing uh, that? I loved teaching. Uh, it was a big passion of mine because both my parents were high school teachers. So I was in the teaching mindset my whole life. And even though I feel sad to not be directly interacting with my students again, high school is my jam. I'm not into like middle school, junior snotty kids. I can't handle it. But like, I love high school kids are at that stage where their brains are um, changing and they have a lot of questions. And they have all that attitude. Yeah. And you're like, listen up, let me tell you a few things. Like it's, Back you can be day. a role model. Yeah. <laughs> I walked uphill both ways. I had no cell phone. We could have Google shit. We'd say, what's that guy's name? And I'd go, I don't know. And that's it. You <laughs> never found out. You never, never. There's still yeah. conversations to this day. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Yeah. What movie was that? And we'll never know. You know, what's funny is like, we still have that kind of uh, habit because of how we grew up where you're like you're still trying to ponder and then like younger kids are like already looking it up like oh yeah and they know everything about them because of wikipedia or whatever and you're like no that's not part of the roles you have to think about it like, get that brain muscles moving right yeah, like yeah. Flex it. who was he um it's funny just because uh when i got out i decided to use my gi bill as a teacher and uh so i went for secondary education and I was all about it. I was all. About, I always wanted to be a teacher. I was all about it. And then Did I you went, have a teachable, like a history or math or English or gym or what? Um, I'm really good at math. Like I was going to have a lot of fun with math or history because I, you know, coming out of the military, like I don't know why, but like it's almost like tattooed into you or something that you like just have to become a history buff once you're in the army. <laughs> it just, yeah, you just become like you know infatuated with like World War II for some reason. Uh, so I, I didn't really have a, a set one yet, but I knew like I wanted to do it. And then I audited classes and that was pretty much the end of that. Um, because <laughs> you saw the reality. Yeah. You see the reality and like, Rough. they made me do uh, a couple classes that had, that were inclusive with special needs. And then a couple classes that were exclusive with special needs. And I found that I'm not a very patient man and that I couldn't do it. Um, you know, I just couldn't be yelled at the entire time or, or you know, yeah. and keep a, a calm demeanor. Uh, and then on top of that, like the teachers that I was uh, shadowed with, which you would think you would get like some of the best teachers. You know, you would think you get your, your like top eight teachers yeah. to get your students like or to get future teachers motivated. You know, like, oh, yeah, these are the people I want to be like uh, the people I was around were like bad mouthing their kids like they. Same with I, me. They made me go like uh, on lunch with them and then they just like bad mouth the kids the whole time. And I was like, yeah, or they bad mouth other teachers. And I'm like, you know, like I'm here, right? Like, like <laughs> I had, I had the exact, I can totally relate. I had the exact same experience. The teacher, first of all, I had to teach, um, uh, two different complicated classes in Canada, by the way. So because you're a newbie teacher, you start at the bottom, right? So yeah. I taught, um, the below college level classes, which I hope they stopped calling that now. It's like, you have no hope of getting into university or college. You're down here. So all the kids are already like, this sucks. There's about 16 of them. Everybody had some special need, uh, whether it be ADHD. One guy had giganticism, which I'd never seen. 
he had his, he was huge and he had his own desk and he had his own disabilities with that, with hearing. One girl was just basically an a-hole. Like it was just like a combination of people. And the first time that I went in, uh, the guy ended up being late. And I said, oh, can you go get a, you know, a late slip? And he took his binder and he fucking threw it at me. Oh and God. I was just like, and went to dodge <laughs> oh it. So God. basically Matrix. Like George Bush with the shoe. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So basically it, um, you think that on the outside that teaching is about teaching, right? Like that's a university and college where you're like, listen to my words, just shut up and listen. But when you're a teacher, it's actually much more about managing people and personalities. And I was prepared for that because my parents were such awesome high school teachers. And my dad and mom, they never batted out their kids. They never talked about other teachers. They were like solid, awesome, fun teachers. I went to the same high school as them. So, you know, like you're going to get beat up if your teachers are awful. But like he was, they were so funny. And my dad was like such, so popular amongst um, everybody. He told, talked about history told stories so he walked around and really explained what was going on and like and then this is how world war one started and everyone's like whoa like he almost made it like a reality show drama but that's yeah. the reality you know we, you we people lived that right yeah yeah so i really had people to look up to about how they dealt with kids i i came with them to school since i was a baby like you know every pa day or every broken bone or every dislocated shoulder i would go to the hospital, then I would go to their classroom and sit in the back. So I think I had a chance to observe them um, from a very young age. And yeah, that's an I, amazing I gift. Because like I, I went and did those audits and I was like, uh, transfer, please. <laughs> I'm going to transfer out of this. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I'm still teaching in a way, though. You know, I may not be teaching yeah. something oh, yeah. that's yeah. from a curriculum, but I, I really enjoy. I like being funny. I mean, I think I'm just goofy, so I can't help it. I'm just kind of like, what am I going to I always have faces and stuff. Like, it's just the way I am. And it's good for communication, right? Yeah. So I was about to say that. That probably, I mean, like, it's kind of, you've been tailored to do, like, to be a YouTube content creator because because you have that teaching degree. Like, you're used to talking in front of people and how to break down things and how to articulate <laughs> things, you know, so people understand it. So, like, you're kind of I hope so. weird, like, <laughs> you, you just, like, mold it. To be a content creator, <laughs> I was born into it. Yeah. <laughs> I was born into it. I, you, I literally love Bane because I tell people that when they're like, "Oh, I hurt myself," I'll be like, <laughs> "I just yeah. do the Bane quote right away." That's him with anxiety because you know I, like, it's a late stage for me. So <laughs> he's like, "You just experience so the darkness." I, I have a question for you guys: Do you guys ever use um, humor about your conditions to cope? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, we okay. make jokes about pretty much everything. So. I, I literally will uh, refer to myself as a disabled veteran anytime I don't get my way. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, oh, you're going to do that to a disabled veteran? <laughs> like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to show you guys something on my phone. Um, so this might be something that can help you out as well for building a ladder. I keep a folder on my phone called Funny Shit, and I just put all my memes in there. And all my memes are basically ones that are either um, funny or like a little bit on the dark side. So like, this is my meme folder. Oh yeah. I saved them off of Reddit or whatever. And like, I'll show you, you know, some examples of, uh, you know, the stuff that I think is funny. If you guys can read this. Let's see. Busy. A busy and active me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. So yeah. these kind of things, like these kind of sarcastic things, like I have a lot of them, you know, like me tries to eat the same as everyone else. So I'm not a burden by chronic illness. I'll kill you. 
you know, like, <laughs> I love that. so I, I find that keeping that um, accessible, like basically, because we know now, like you have to think of it, like you guys have a power now. Okay. So, you know, when you watch a superhero movie and they're like, I'm not this person. And you're like, dude, you're obviously this person. Like yeah. this thing shooting out of your hand. And they're like, no, what me? And you're like, yeah. shut up. Why I want to have a normal life. I want to be yeah, like everyone there. else. Right. And so we have to watch them go to that stage where they don't accept it. They don't, they grow and they don't accept it. Then they grow, then they're in their power. So you have to see this as this is who I am. And I have to take control of this now because it's no longer the fucking boss of me. Okay. So what I do is I pre-plan on days when I feel happy. So on the days that I feel happy, I go part of my day is, um, you know, making a folder that says four or laugh. It's writing a list on the fridge of things that I like to eat because I don't eat when I'm depressed. So I often just don't eat, uh, or I the opposite. opposite effect. Yeah. <laughs> so I, well, I do the same. I binge yeah. eat. Oh, I, my weight goes yeah. up and down. Like if you watch my videos, I have days where I definitely am not good for my knees and my joints. Like extra weight on me is really bad. Yeah. Not about looks. Not about looks. Because, no, no, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But so on those good days, I I try to plan ahead like a super villain, if you want, who's like preparing. I'll be like, excellent. Later <laughs> on this week, when I'm depressed, I've already ordered edibles or whatever. Like I, you know, I, I I try to do that on my good days. And then when the bad days come and you have no energy and you have no, you don't have anything to do, and you're just like, I hate my fucking life. You've prepared, you've you've already like time traveled for yourself. And you can do that every week. This this is actually an amazing perspective because for me. When, when you're having a good day, like we fuck ourselves over because like a good day for me would be like, yeah, let's let's invite my parents over. Like, let's have a let's have a, a social gathering or something yeah. like that. And then like your bad day and you're like, you fucking idiot. Why would you ever think that you would want to see anyone? Why you're not social? Like, stop. So like I've never thought about planning for the future depression to hit. I've always planned for. Like everything's so, gonna be fine, everything's Bane, gonna be great, and then you crash on that day, and it makes yes, it even and, worse. And Bane and all the supervillains, right? Like, I mean, I know people want to be heroes and stuff, but like, you can be a hero all you want. But supervillains are always the ones that make the plans and then come up and on the super super guys are like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, and then the villains are like, like that didn't just happen. Yeah. They planned it, right? So think of it like you're and they're so happy a, with their plan that they have to explain it. I've spent weeks on this plan. You're going to listen to it. Excuse me. I went and I made this giant on fire Batman logo. And then <laughs> yeah. I set it on fire and the weapon is counting down, dude. And then it's like, is it you? Is it really you? And you're like, I don't know. Maybe it is me. And I'm like, um, can we talk about the timer counting? Can you text her? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Anyways. But, um, but what, well, so what I mean by super villain as well, it's not to say that you're the super villain, but yeah. you're planning against your darkness. Your darkness is what have, what, what we're being experiencing, our depression, our anxiety, our panic attacks. Those are the dark parts, right? That's the part where there's no light and you feel really alone and in this pit, right? Hence building a ladder to get out of it. So yeah. I tried to think to myself, like, you'll never defeat me, EDS. <laughs> like, you know, I pet my skin little cat. <laughs> Memers is like, I don't like this. Um, it's my cat. And yeah. uh, he's, where is he? You he's, got him on the, oh yeah, I see him. Yeah, I see him. Yeah. And that's also, by the way, why I have Wolverine. Because oh. I love the comics, the physical comics. And yeah, some yeah. of the movies and some of the movies that just don't even make sense for Wolverine. So I don't want to talk about those, but but even with Wolverine, right? Like he, we see him as like this guy who, you know, he can fight and he's so cool and he heals. But actually, what does Wolverine do on his off time? He sits at a bar, he often drinks, he tends to be alone, right? He wants to watch sports or he'll go out in the woods and he'll go for a walk because he's in pain all the time. When Wolverine gets stabbed and he's like, and heals up, 
he feels that every time, right? Yeah. And every yeah. time he has to launch his claws, his claws tear through his skin. So when he chooses to defend somebody or help them, he is hurting himself to help these people, right? Yeah. And then later on, he's like, well, Cyclops is a huge douchebag who really doesn't do that much <laughs> and is always just like, Gene, and he's so active and he doesn't understand what Wolverine is so moody. Yeah. It's because you don't understand Cyclops. You just you just shoot things out of your eyes with no pain. Like that's a uh, funny enough. His name was Scott, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pre-anxiety me. <laughs> what are you doing, asshole? Why are you so much in pain? <laughs> Nathan, you can be Nathan Fillion from. Uh, well, I guess his name's not Nathan in Firefly, but yeah. um, what's a Nathan superhero? This is, is Nathaniel. He uh, he's green, uh, green Lantern. He does the voice for. This is Nathaniel, oh, yeah. and yeah. he doesn't like being called Nathan, so I call him Nathan <laughs> every day. I <laughs> when i was in high school i had to do a project to create like a digital animation in my final like year and i made this guy that walks into a door and he's got this cool hat on and he's got like, these cool striped pants and his name was nathan and i called him nate man so it was just nate man so <laughs> <laughs> nate man would probably go. work for you yeah, like what you don't like, why don't you like nathan nate man yeah i don't know why i don't like it uh when I was young, there was two Nathaniels, and we were fighting over Nathan and Nathaniel, and I really didn't want Nathan. <laughs> but, <laughs> he just um, hates it, so I'm like, hey, what's up, Nathan? <laughs> I have a question. As far as like the up and down days go uh, in content, do you backlog it, or do you just kind of push through on it? Like, if you have a filming day, do you just yeah. wait, or...? Um, it depends on what I'm trying to do. So on a day where I am not going to be on camera and happy, then what's the point of me pushing through? Yeah. I did years of this mistake, years of me being like, I'm going to set up, I'm going to film. And then while I'm filming, like maybe Martina's Midnight Munchies, which is like a cooking program that I did, I would be, um, really down and not myself. And so then I beat myself up for failing. I'd be like, why did I do this? I'm a failure. I can't push through. So instead I try to think about all the different superpowers I have and when I can use them. So for example, drawing requires me to be creative or to not think about things like to zone out. Right. So drawing is good for a day when I don't want to be social and talk. Like I can just sit there and I can maybe watch a TV show that I already know, or I can listen to music with headphones on. I find, um, closed headphones with sound canceling immediately helps me to focus on things. I, I don't know what it is. Like if I have a speaker and I'm here, it's like, I'm distracted, but if I wear yeah. headphones, it's like I'm in the zone. It kind of blocks out, um, I don't know. The same yeah. with knowing the show. That's so funny. Like not having anything on is a distraction in itself, but having something on that you haven't watched before is a distraction. So like yeah. the office comes back on, like here goes the 30th time of rewatching the office for me. <laughs> exactly. It's a comfort show is what I call it. So yeah, like, absolutely. I don't know how this happened, but I love pride and prejudice specifically. That's it. Like I'm not like a huge Jane Austen fan, but something about pride and prejudice. It's the fucking sassiest thing ever. Everyone thinks it's like girly. Not, it's not. Dude, like if I have to break this down for you, this rich dude shows up and he's all like, I don't want to dance with anybody here. And then the girl is like overhearing and he's like, well, no one here is really handsome enough. And she's like, bitch, the next time she sees him, she's all like, what up, you fucking dick? And he's like, how dare you? No one talks to me this way. And then of course they're like, ooh. And so the rest of it is like ridiculous, stupid British tension where they're saying really sassy, hilarious things to each other, but very like undertoned, like, well, I might get up if I want to. And nowadays we're like, that's not very serious, but I kind of think of it back then as being dramatic. So I'm like, like, oh, shit. You know, like, so so I, I've seen every version of it. The BBC version, the TV show version, the um, movie version, the one with like Laurence Olivier from like whatever. I just put it on and I kind of let it play in the background and it doesn't distract me, you know. 
That's, yeah. I do that with The Office and like Wizard of Oz. Like I can do that with Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, really? The, That's my, the original? My, yeah, my mom was super big fan of it, and we watched it probably like a dozen times a year, every year growing up. And so when I want to be comforted, like when mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable in my own skin, like I'll put that on and it kind of brings me back home. But yeah, so like you're saying, I, I try to think about what what quality do I need to have in order for this to succeed? So if I need a presence where I'm witty and I can think really fast, then okay, maybe you film your podcast. Maybe you film something that involves you speaking. But if you're having one of those days where it's like nothing comes out right, words are fumbling, you have yeah. brain fog, you're kind of like, I try to do something different. And so that's the discovery part where you have to figure out what are the things I need to do on those days? So is it paint a figurine? You know, is it um, write in a paper book? Is it cook something? Is it zone out and look at a bunch of YouTube videos to learn something? Like I'm going to learn how to Twitch stream. So I like watch that. Like, so you got to kind of figure out how you function and what matches it. It's like a, you know, connecting game. Did you ever have any difficulties like, uh, like bureaucracy type of things uh, with Korea or Japan or anything like that with filming? Uh, No, Korea. Okay, wait, so. Japan, yes. Japan, you have yeah, to Yeah, they be, seem like they're a little more yeah, they're strict. Little, they're organized. They're more organized. A very good way to say it. But I would say that there's a, an overly um, yeah. a private and protectiveness that Japan has. So they don't like people feeling uncomfortable. So if yeah. you go to a shop and you try to just film right away, they might be like, you know, please don't film because there's other patrons here. So yeah. in Japan, you have to blur out people's faces if you put it on Japanese TV. Um, but you don't have to get permits like in LA. Like I heard you go to LA and even if you want to film on the street, they're like, you need a permit. And I'm like, this oh is gosh. my permit. Like, <laughs> films all over LA. Come get me. And I like, flew off to Korea. <laughs> um, but with Japan, the, the bureaucracy of filming is more that you have to kind of get to know the store that you're at. And I believe that they want to know that you actually care about the food and you're not just there to like, like bash it or hosted, whatever. Oh, and I've hosted so many YouTubers from overseas that were so awful like putting their tripod on the table and i'm like you cannot do that and it's like well how am i gonna get the shot i'm like you, you can't put the yeah. like yeah i know handheld like and they would take their camera and like go over the edge to like know. look at what they're doing and i'm like dude sanitary boundaries like, <laughs> like sneeze so, guard man sneeze guard <laughs> yeah and this is pre-covid times like yeah, yeah. Know, now like still that. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, you know, a lot of the shops that I went to, I tried to be very ganky and excited about being there because I was. Um, and, you know, when I would eat the food, I'd ask questions and I spent most of my time learning food Japanese. So in Korea, I spoke Korean because I got to know it over time, but it was very like yeah. slang oriented. But with Jap- Japan, it's just like a never ending learning process. Like I will never be like those YouTubers that uh, were born there or lived there or it's not it's not happening. But I love to fucking eat. And yeah. there's so much like Chinese characters on the, um, the, the, it's called kanji. So you have to learn a combination of how to read, how to read the, the Japanese one, how to read the Japanese um, foreign version of that word, and then how to use the Chinese characters. And then I put it in a sentence. So you're like, <laughs> so that's what I spent my time learning. Yeah. I will pay you $50 right now if we can turn that fan back on. <laughs> even though, uh, even is, like, is it too, do you think it's really too loud? I don't think it is, but he's uh, obsessed with sound. So let me test it. Even the cameras are giving up. They're like, it's too fucking hot. Well, I can tell you, Scott, that um, 
when I was in Korea, that was my obsession was it's too fucking hot. We need to put the fan on. But Simon was very sound oriented. So he'd be like, no, we're not putting the fan on. And we'd be like pouring sweat. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what's going on here. And I'm like, dude, like I'm looking at every camera and they're like, dude, it's too fucking much. And I'm like, me too, bro. But he's at, he, this is what he wants. So. Can you crack your garage door a bit? To like no, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we unplugged it and we uh, insulated it. But it's oh. just, we're going to get a split unit in here one day and it's going to be magical. And we'll get it right when we're about to move. So that's the plan as usual. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get, get everything set the way you want it and then sell it question uh, it's a little bit not i don't know how many people know about it but the coffee shop that you guys mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. uh what happened with that ever i don't know if you've ever spoken on that or i haven't actually and it wasn't a secret it was just that i was trying to protect my friend so we opened up a cafe in japan it was called the you were here cafe i put my fucking heart and soul into it because i love coffee and i was a barista and I mean, like I designed it. I like, it was amazing. And now I realize it was too good to be true. So basically our really good friend, Kianu, who uh, has talked to me in Korean, he is a Korean guy that speaks English beautifully and many other languages. And he has a YouTube channel. So he said to us, hey, I know you want to make a cafe. I have a friend who is a very good friend of mine and he's going to put the money. Oh no, I have to buzz this person in no good. because they need to get something. Okay. Hi, welcome back. Sorry, guys. After these messages, we'll be right back. Uh, So basically, in a nutshell, what happened was we made a deal, which is that he's going to put down the key money because in Korea, you have a tremendous amount of money to rent anything. So if you ever wonder why people in Korea don't move out of their houses, it's because we're talking $50,000 to $100,000 deposit up front. And then you pay rent every month. So it's insane. Like you have to take out loans. You just can't do it. So he said he'll put the money down. And Hyunu and Simon and I will advertise the place. I got to design it how I wanted to, put everything up. I made special merch, everything. And it was just such a great place so people could come to Korea and meet there. And we'd have little meetings and exchanges. And we would do live streams and open up fan mail. Absolutely incredible. And then this guy ended up being, unfortunately, a really slimy dude. He was taking money from everything and saying that he had to pay off his loans, but he paid off loans that he had that had nothing to do with this. So he was just saying, oh, well, I have to pay off this loan. I'm like, that's not how it works. Yeah. So we lost all our money for merch and the merchandise was out of our pocket because he didn't pay for the merch. I did. I made the merch. I designed the merch. I printed the merch all in Korea. I wanted it to be in Korea. Even the yarn I had specially dyed to match my dogs uh, over here. Spudgy. Yeah, yeah, spudgy, so, yeah. Yeah, it was really important to me. It meant a lot. And then he took the money from that and just never paid it back. So it was a loss for us because we paid for the merch, you know, to be made. So it was really, it was really rotten. But I said to Simon, look, I, as much as I want to rip into this guy, Hyunu is still tied in. And yeah. Hyunu actually put money in. So I don't want to shit all over this because yeah. then people won't go. And Hyunu was just getting a baby, not getting a baby. I'm getting a baby. <laughs> What's the store comes in. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, ah! I'm like, I think that's a crow. But anyhow. What kind um, of fucked up stork is that? It's bizarre. But anyway, take the baby. But yeah, so his wife was pregnant and I thought we don't need to do this. So we kind of went in and we just silently removed all our stuff. And I would still kind of like show up because a lot of people were still showing up there. So I tried to meet them in chat and I, I didn't want it to go down. So um, that was it. And so we just never talked about it because I didn't want to hurt um, Keanu. And I think in the end, they ended up moving and he did exactly what I didn't want him to do. The other guy, which was make everything unoriginal because I was trying to make it a place that um, Korea tends to follow trends, yeah, which is okay. Yeah, very much. But, yeah. but basically when a trend starts, who's the trend starter? then you follow it. So yeah. I wanted to be the person who started the trend. For example, I wanted to make little bento boxes that the local people could buy for lunch specials. We were the only shop in all of Korea that did milkshakes. 
with real milk and real ice cream. We did power balls, which were vegan, which I'm not, but I wanted people in, that were vegan to eat. Like I made these zucchini brownies from scratch every day. And people were like, wow, zucchini. But then he started to slowly replace it with these bought items from stores that were like the purple yam cake that everyone loves. I'm like, right. Yeah. So if we have, if everyone has the same thing, then, then there's nothing yeah. special. special about the place. So yeah. he didn't care about my marketing abilities. He didn't care about the fact, like it was really disappointing, but I loved it still because the whole experience was something that I would never, ever want to reverse for my life. You know, it was amazing. Like opening it and, and seeing everybody waiting in line and being able to meet people on the daily, if I wanted to, I could go in and get to know people. And I mean, it was amazing. You know, I was behind the counter. I was like serving up zucchini brownies. Like, <laughs> it, it was, it was a really exciting experience. And I painted the mural up front with Susie. So like Susie was our manager at the time. So it was just this amazing um, experience, but I know now that people are rotten sometimes. And so you've got to maybe think a little more next time. That's that's what I've just basically learned, you know? Yeah. They yes. get that hard life lesson. Hard but life now lesson. we can expect what, let's see, Japan. I'm going to be that douchebag to ask you where your goals are in five years. Japan, <laughs> King Kogi Cafe in five years or something. <laughs> not, during, not during the COVID. <laughs> yeah. We've started Blue Hammock Studios. Um and we we did that back in 2017, yeah, and right. 2020 was going to be our year to kick off mm-hmm. because we had for the first time out of state weddings. We had two in Connecticut that you know they weren't like friends or anybody. We didn't know them. They're like two people in Connecticut. Uh, we had one in Virginia, one in Texas. Um, we had one in Georgia. We had a couple hire us to go with them on a 10 day cruise, Whoa. and they paid for all of the. Um, excursions Excursion. and we were going to film and go with him and it was you exciting said we were gonna, but i'm feeling like yeah all of these. is it 2020 <laughs> yeah 2020 was yep. with the year that we were going to kick off and uh yeah obviously little by little that all got chipped away yeah. um we are doing one connecticut wedding here in july and we did one in georgia at the end of 2020 but uh yeah so i totally understand the <laughs> the issues with having a business during covid especially yeah, like our business ups and downs. yeah it was it wasn't good for us and that was part of like you know dealing with that anxiety of that was like you know we're finally creating something we're finally being noticed or whatever and then just like boom, straight down <laughs> yeah, like yeah little yeah. by little we're doing like, so well oh well yeah maybe not now <laughs> and it sucks because even the ones that were like trying to stay around we were like do we really want to do those though like during a pandemic and like yeah. how how safe can we be I, I try to think of these experiences now as like you know I, i've seen a lot of counselors like i don't know if you if you're comfortable with going to counselors and stuff but usually you have to try a whole bunch of them because it's more about jiving with that person yeah um, sometimes people feel like they condescend to you or they immediately want to prescribe medication without actually hearing about your symptoms and stuff so I, I have people that i like and didn't like but generally speaking i've always gotten something from my counselors and therapists and one of the ones that said to me was um we are told basically when we're young that life is this right that we go here and it's like just gets better like that's all we think about and she says that's not that's not real at all life is like this it goes like this so it's impossible to have a really great up in your life without a really big low so you know when you experience something really difficult other things can be can shine brighter but you have to get out of that. So like, even with you losing your friend, you know, in the war and, you know, my dad recently just passed away as well with a very horrible oh. condition. So it was extremely, um, oh, I'm, I, I had PTSD from it because yeah. he starved to death. So it was a very horrible experience, but 
this is this is starting for me right where yeah. i go i experience such a depth of pain and you understand that from your own ways both of you will you experience this depth of pain and you feel like it's never going to change and like this is never going to get better but once you allow yourself to like actually start going this way and allowing yourself is building a ladder, setting up wins for yourself, being your own supervillain, being like, fuck you, EDS, and making plans, <laughs> like doing all these things, it, it helps you get to this point. And then you appreciate your friends more, your family more. Like, it's really hard to shake me now. Like after my dad's death, it's like, it is so hard for me to feel um, the same amount of anxiety I had for everything, right? It changes. Yeah, like when absolutely. We were your perspective kids, throws you yeah, off. Yeah. Um, oh my God, I just realized I have like shoulders, like a quarterback. <laughs> what? It's the piano. Oh, because of the piano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't Jazz. know if you ever watched Strong Bad. Um, you got any uh plans to uh I don't know, you might already be on, but you have any plans to join uh TikTok? No, I don't. Um, no offense to TikTok. I I really respect all the platforms that keep coming out. Like I started they Twitter keep, in um, like two thousand five or something or six and and before I went to Korea and I had Instagram before it started, I remember being like, I think this is going to be a big thing. And I was like studying what everyone was doing and being like, hmm, yeah. what do I want to put up? But uh, TikTok for me is like, I maintain too many platforms. I have two different discords that I'm working with. I have, uh, okay, basically I get up every day and I block out time periods to interact with my community because my community saves me. They somehow think like Nate, you somehow think that I help you, but you guys fucking help me because I have people that I can talk to that understand me completely. And I am not alone. And I know that if I'm having the shittiest of days, I can be like, this is the shittiest of days. And people are like, <laughs> me fucking too. Like, you know, I, I think like positive, it can, you can be toxically positive, you know, like people who are just like too positive all the yeah. time and not acknowledging that there's ups and downs and like, there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, every day I get up, I open up my Instagram. I have two Instagrams, Icha Kimchi and King Kogi, and I spend about two to three hours answering people. So I wow. have my inbox is maxed, right? So Ooh. when you wake up every day, it's 99 plus. And then there's general and primary. So it's yeah. kind of different. I think if you're verified, it has like three different full, like different things. So I go through the primaries, I respond to people. Then I go through general, I respond to people. Then I go to the ones, I just refresh it. And it's basically a roulette wheel of who's going to be there. And I kind of look through it and I, I click on it and they'll say something like, oh, this really helped me. Or like, do you have a recipe for this? Or what medication are you taking? So I'll just answer them. So I just talk with people and chat with them. And some of those people I'll talk with all the time. And I've become really close friends with lots of these people. Like, And when I meet somebody on the street, like Nate, if we ever see each other, it's like meeting family. It's not like... Yeah. You might feel weird at first because it's surreal that somebody that you watched, you you meet. I had the same feeling when I met a YouTuber like Ryan Higa. I loved him and he was in an elevator with me and I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm like up against the wall. I'm like, what do I do? I didn't say anything. In the end, I was like, you know, but, um, but you get over it because you're like, oh, they're just a fucking person. But um, you meet them and you go, oh my God. And it's like this big hug and it feels like a reunion because it's not like, um, look at me, look what I'm doing. And then there's a wall. It's, yeah. Nate has seen me probably go through ups and downs. I've cried. I've been in bed. I've been sad. Like I don't try to focus on that to. too much. I have to. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not a super fan. <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. Every I'm not. People, don't don't. You know. Okay, that sounds bad. That's it's like I'm just not like you're not my company. No, I love you guys. I love I loved all the videos that I watched. I just haven't watched every video like Nate has. So well, I mean, he's also not as into like Korea and Japan. Yeah. And I would I would love so. to. I would go to Japan, but I would be that the dude that literally never like studied anything to go to Japan. I'd just show up one day and be like, oh, 
what do I, what do I do now? <laughs> like, yeah, why the fuck not though? Like you totally yeah. don't have to. Like people feel really afraid that they have to somehow extremely prep before they go to like a country that's foreign. But part of the enjoyment is going there and being like, wow, this is so foreign. Like no matter how much you prep, like Nate probably knows so much about Korea and Japan, but when you get there, you're gonna be like, wow. Yeah. I- <laughs> It's overwhelming. Like it's so different than what we're used to. And that really shifts you as a person. When That's, you yeah, I love culture. that. It's like uncomfortably comfortable as I describe it. Like just walking mm. around and like seeing the sights and vibing out the people in the town. You were, you were just in, like, in Japan? Uh, no, I'm going. I'm actually going to be going Corona dependent. Uh, <laughs> November 4th, I have a flight to Seoul. But I don't know. It's it's like right yeah. on the verge of where it might happen, might not happen. But yeah, oh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> one it's way or the other, sneak in. No matter what. But yeah, I love that. Even like that's I, that's why I went to Montreal too uh, for school. I was I was in between Toronto and Montreal because they it's Recording Arts Canada. Do you know that? Oh, okay, no? cool. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. And I was in between. But uh, honestly, the reason one of the main reasons I went to Montreal was because it felt more foreign, more different. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just want to have my worldview expanded. I want to, it just feels good to me. It, sh- it shifts your perspective on yeah. everything. Yeah. And there's things about my home country, Canada, that I didn't know that I appreciated. And there's also things about Canada that I didn't know I disliked. I didn't yeah. know these things until I went overseas. And at first you're kind of like, um, you can be very judgy, which I think is natural. And I don't like that people shame people for being judgy because how else are you supposed to figure things out? You got to fucking judge it. You got to be yeah, like, I don't yeah. like this. It's weird. The <laughs> yeah. key is don't get stuck in that rut. Don't be like, this is weird. I'm not going to try it. Like, I mean, there was like no bread in our first, like 2008. Creators didn't make bread. I'm like, what? I mean, I lived on bread. I thought yeah. they'd have bread. They just didn't have bread. And like slowly they got, bakeries got really popular and everything was sugary. So you're like trying to make something comforting, basic peanut butter and jelly. Nope. The jelly's different. There's no peanut butter. You like basil? You like dill? Do you like or none of it? Every recipe you look up online is like eight pounds of shredded cheese. Korea's like, we don't import cheese. So it's like this total shift of your perspective about what is breakfast? What is lunch? How do I eat dinner? Should I drink this much? Is it normal? Like, what? why do they do this? Like, what's the cultural point of this? Like, oh, I see. They can't open up without alcohol. Well, other countries do that too. You know, like I think England's quite like that. They don't really know how to open up without alcohol. But I think Americans and Canadians, we're very different. We yeah. are aggressively like um, outspoken and happy and we speak with on our mind and we like move differently. And you can see that once you go to another country, you can see the the constraint that they have and then it creates a different society. So you kind of got to get in the mindset and go, oh, okay, I see this now. Do I like it or not? Once you get it, right? Yeah. I think- you adding Americans in with Canadians there was very sweet of you. <laughs> no, you guys Dude, were cousins though. You know, I, I, I know, but like where where you're outspoken, like we when I I I was in Canada for a month and uh, it was it was very much. I mean, I've been to a lot of different places, and Canada felt a lot like a, a, a other countries that I had been to, as far as like the social norms and whatnot. Because America's just like. Fuck yeah, yeehaw! Like, like we're so outspoken. <laughs> An like, eagle with like two guns. Dude, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so bad. You're like, oh my god. And but then, I, like, I consider America like, um, kind of like Europe. So you know how Europe is a whole bunch of different countries, but they're called Europe. You yeah, guys yeah. are the United yeah. States, but I think we just say USA, but really it is the United States. There are states that are very different. California oh, yeah. and different parts. New of York California. and California York, completely Chicago, different, but yeah, they're Utah, Texas, the South, like you guys have your own little countries, right? And so then everyone's trying to agree on something. And I'm like, how are you all going to agree on it? Like people in the South 
have a different perspective from their upbringing and from even the heat. Yeah, yeah. heat is different. Like you guys are in Florida, you said. Yeah, yeah. right now we're from we're from Maryland though. So yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, which is funny enough that a lot of people don't even know where Maryland is, and that's in that's <laughs> yeah. Americans. They're like Maryland. I'm like, if you fucking say that one more time, <laughs> yeah. The, and they're like, where's? And they're like, what is that? Like next to like Vermont? Or I'm like, I will kill you. Or like, I need to get away from this. <laughs> um, in Maryland's such a small state, and not a lot of people. But like, and then if you but say Maryland, they're like, oh yeah, Baltimore. So they should know. Oh no! Come on, you. <laughs> no, no, I'm really shocked about this because like I know that Americans tend to not learn about, let's say, Canada and stuff. So oh, we're bad that. with world history, but we're yeah. we're bad with U.S. history as well. I mean, oh. that's why we have what we have. Like that's the disconnect in in our political thinking, and I mean, mm-hmm. even like our religious thinking and everything. As far as the country goes, is we're just really bad at learning history. Um, we learn well. We learn the same thing over and over again. We learn what, what, <laughs> very, very narrow-minded, like what happened. Well, we're like World War Two, like World Civil War Two were the heroes. Yeah, <laughs> like never we're, my dad always talked about that. How every country will change the perspective of what happened. <laughs> yeah, we're history. the total yeah. heroes yeah. of World War Two. Never mind everyone else that like <laughs> yeah. held the line for years and like you know we're like nah, like we came in, we fucked them up, we left. Yeah, and <laughs> we're like, the heroes. Yeah, yeah. Like, so like, and then and then you go and and you have those like world perspective like shifts when you go to different countries and stuff, and you're like, maybe we're not the heroes. Yeah, maybe we're not. Bay of pigs, you say? What's that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's yeah. It's really I, I, I think that there's definitely things like you know there. I have met a lot of Americans when I'm overseas that don't really know much about outside of America, and that yeah. happens, you know. But I also think that Americans are some of the most um, like open-minded as in you guys don't necessarily think that because maybe you've got certain states and certain places that are closed-minded but when you live in asia they are beyond quiet like it is it is beyond difficult to ask someone an opinion like i'm talking i had 14 classes uh 14 classes were my students for each year one year and i had 30 to 40 students per class and i could say to them pick any animal and nobody would put their hand up because they're not used to being asked to do something that's yeah. thinking they're used to memorizing following and that's not rules, a, following the line following it's the like rules, a, yeah. a class full of me <laughs> i would never ever like raise my hand out shrink into the okay. corner <laughs> i get that i would have harassed you as a teacher i would have <laughs> yeah. been like i would have been like this i would have been like hey then i'm coming to you and, like, no miss, and i would have shuffled my whole way <laughs> you know i found that by making myself in- be embarrassed like if i do something embarrassing it made the other person feel like well at least i can't be as embarrassing as that but they're not thinking that right they just don't realize why it's funny but yeah. it's because i'm trying to be like you know don't worry we can do it and then they all like crack up so but what i found is that like you know when you meet american people they'll be like hard is on the sleeve like people will be like hi i'm here i'm there this is the school that i went to here are the foods i like i don't like that i like this music this is so song this is my jam like it's yeah. it's like being around life it's very vitalic, right? So even though each place might have particular perspectives that could be seen as narrow-minded, they certainly will tell you what they think. Yeah. Like, this is what I believe in. And you're like, okay, it's not like that in Asia. So you become the person who's that person, who's like the, and then you have to learn how to tone it down or how to bring it up and like, you know, what situation is it appropriate? So it's interesting. It makes you reflect on you and your home country and all that stuff. I think there's a good balance there that you have to find because, uh, yeah, Americans pretty much are like they wear their Facebook on their sleeves. <laughs> like, you can tell what they're. You can tell everything that they 
just by like the decals on their car. <laughs> You're like, yeah. well, I know who that yeah. is. It I know does. who they vote for. My guns. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, have you uh, like watched any like Korean, th- like Running Man or the, mm-hmm. uh, was it Show Interview with Jesse? Um, well, basically, it's it seems like they're starting to shift more towards our style. Like they're more open to being real, more open to being open. Yes. So that's because of BTS. So I can tell you a little like uh, K-pop background excitement here. So um, when K-pop started to become exciting in Korea and people started to pick it up in the North American world, which I know was a lot to do with our YouTube videos because there was it was not allowed to be sent overseas. So YouTube was the only source that people had outside of Korea wow, to see that. K-pop. Yeah. So it was kind of like we're talking about these bands, reviewing these bands, showing little clips and people are like, oh my God, that's so cool. Or that's the band that I like. So that's kind of how it started to pick up the steam. And originally when we tried to do interviews with like um, artists, different places, they were like, no, what's YouTube? They didn't even know what YouTube was. America knew what YouTube was, but they weren't thinking that way. They were only thinking like this way, which is a product of, of how you're being schooled in school, right? Yeah. That, co- that copy thing, right? Um, and every K-pop band, every single account, everything they did, it was controlled by their managers. So they didn't even yeah. put up their own tweets and Instagrams. Enter BTS. When BTS entered the K-pop scene, um, they were rookies. They were babies when I was there. And they actually won our rookie award. So you can see them holding the golden spudgy and they're like, thank you for this rookie award. (laughs) Um, And they were the first K-pop band that was super open-minded to dealing with us. They didn't have a million stupid rules and they were allowed to use their own accounts. And I believe that them interacting with their fans allowed them to create a really nice bond and community and show people who they were. Like, obviously to an extent, they have to be, you know, but they on. weren't being held um, down while other people were tweeting for them, right? So I think that BTS created a lot of connections with people around the globe because of that. And the K-pop company was super smart. And they said yes to every interview with every foreign whatever at the beginning. Like they, they didn't care, but other groups were like, you know, like we tried to interview Kiana once and she turned down um, this huge like Rolling Stones. She wouldn't do it because the company, not Kiana, but the company said yeah, yeah, that, yeah they had to meet at this time in this hotel and they had to bring this much stuff. And they're like, it's like a written, it's like a write up, like, and, and they, they just said no. So all these people that are no longer around said no, 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 because they, they wanted to control. And then that ended up sinking them in the end. Yeah. That's, that's, I didn't realize that that was the case about YouTube. Like that was their only outlet. And that's why I was going to say, to answer your question, that didn't sound like I answered it, but I was the shows now that are getting a little more open and changing. It's because they realize that, Oh, I it see. Sells. Being, it sells. <laughs> they're very, very good at selling stuff. Like it yeah. is very, very corporate, you know? So they do know that. And they're like, this is what we need to do. We need to be more sassy. We need to have more interaction or swearing. And, you know. Do you still listen to K-pop at all? Uh, I listen to K-pop that I listened to when I was there. So I'm basically yeah. like listening to K-pop of an era. Like I love Big Bang still. I yeah, think there's that's, stuff. Yeah, solid. I got him in uh, through all their K-pop reaction videos. I've got him into two. Twice. Oh. Yeah. And uh, Big Bang. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> so, Which song? Uh, you listen to Bang Bang Bang. Bang, bang, bang Fantastic Baby. One. Fantastic Baby. Uh, wow. Name. Fantastic Baby. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it's so catchy. <laughs> I like I like a lot of their songs. Yeah. It, it is. It is very catchy. Like every part of it is so yeah. catchy. And then twice was uh, TT. Uh, yeah. TT. Cheer up. Cheer up. Uh, yeah. Ooh, uh, I think that's. Yeah. yeah. 
They have really, I like I mean, to call like, that titty. I don't call it titty. <laughs> I call it titty, 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 titty cheer up. Like, <laughs> he's explaining like the, the motions to me and everything too. And I'm like, so now like I do, I like walk by his room and I'm like, eh. Finger hearts, like, finger doing? hearts. <laughs> finger hearts were not big when I was in Korea. The finger mm-hmm. hearts ended up picking up steam. They were actually from like Singapore and Thailand and stuff. And then Korean oh, paper idols were doing it for them. And then now it's like a thing that everyone does. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm doing tiny little poetry fingers. <laughs> it's like, are you doing like Marlon Brando? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I, can I go back to you just uh, being a content creator? Do you want to keep, like, do you feel pressure to keep consistency as far as like putting stuff out? Or yeah, 1000%. Yeah. So are you like, does it ever feel like, because you know, you guys, have accrued over a million followers you have like 400 million views or something like that does it ever feel like you get to a point where um consistency is not as important to you anymore um personally i it's a split view i think that if you want to begin to create an audience through youtube you do have to be consistent and same thing with twitch and that's only because people are creatures of habits like i grew up in an era where i would every thursday watch buffy and like don't call me don't talk to me like you know, and you get the TV guide and you're like highlighting it. And you're like, this is what it's on. Like, like TJ so, Friday, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's kind of like that feeling of, of being, knowing that you've got something ready. So I think that it really does help to build an audience, but I do think that burnout is a serious issue. That's my issue with it. That's what, oh, it like, it stresses me out to think about consistency, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like Massive while we were talking about doing the podcast, I'm like, yeah. we have to be consistent. And he's like, I will, like, oh, no, I will no fucking burn it to the ground. I'm like, well, then we need to podcast as much as possible when yeah. you're feeling yeah. good. So then we exactly. need to consistent yeah. schedule. Yeah, backlog stuff is kind of my goal. Do you think it's because you like, do you not feel like um, in a two week time period, like let's say you've got two weeks, do you feel like within two weeks, one of those days you could do a podcast or is it more like you have no idea how you're going to be? It's kind of no idea, to be honest. Sometimes they'll be perfectly fine. Then other times they'll just crash out of nowhere for like literally no reason. But Mm -hmm. I think I think even thinking about having that on the calendar stresses you out. So like that can actually like hinder like that can can trigger that day faster and Mm -hmm. longer knowing that you have to because he he hates when we have like three or four days like of like we, we have to do different projects every day three yeah. or four days five days like we have to do these and he's like i'm going to fucking kill myself like i can't <laughs> yeah. i'm like all right well just relax and you know we'll try yeah. to get through it so you definitely have to figure out like um strengths and things that you enjoy because i know exactly what you're talking about like right now i have um i think three projects on three projects on the go so i'm doing like a, a faux delivery video that i want to teach people how to like actually make uh, fa, I should say, because I'm making yeah. a joke about fuck. That's my, <laughs> my little mom is going to walk down the hallway. I'm going to take a chair and I'm going to be like, fa, fa sounds great for dinner. Fa sounds great. That's going to be like, <laughs> um, but so I've been planning that for a while and I'm beating myself up for not filming it yet. I'm constantly like, why haven't you filmed it? Why haven't you filmed it? And there's always been reasons because I'm going through a very stressful time. Yeah. So there's lots of stuff going on and I'm also have EDS and I'm helping my mom out around the house and we're moving all the uh, medical supplies that my dad, you know, had to use. We had to kind of rehaul our whole house for him. So, you know, wheelchair lifts and the grounds just chopped up. And so I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to fix up the house. So I'm going through all these different emotions and I'm basically now got to the point where I'm like, I got to take it a little easier on myself. And I think that that's something that both of you also need to tell yourself on some days. Like I need to just take it easy. Like I am dealing with things that are, we're starting our video game life on hard mode. 
right? Yeah. Like yeah. some people start video game life on normal mode or easy mode, but some of us like Bane are born to the darkness. <laughs> like we start on extra hard mode and we're like, why is this so hard? Yeah, because it's fucking way harder. It's way harder for us. So you can acknowledge that and say, this is way harder for me. And then say, well, what do I need to do to make this work for me? For example, I did podcasts with Simon. They really stressed me out as well because I didn't want to have to be on camera and put on makeup and everything. And I said, podcasts are going to be for me, pajamas, hair in a fucking bun, whatever. I'm not going to make it like looking nice on camera because people do tend to judge you if you don't, if you look like tired and whatever, people don't even focus on the video. Like, are you okay? You look sick. And I'm like, fuck. So I, (laughs) I, I am sick, but yeah. So, so maybe there's things for you. Like you said, maybe you have a good day. Maybe that's the time where you guys are in a really good conversation. And then Scott would say, oh my God, let's hit the podcast up. And you grab a beer or, or a water or whatever. And you just go down and you film it. So maybe that works for you, but you got to kind of keep testing the waters. Otherwise the pressure will make you totally give up. It becomes overwhelming. And I've given up on projects before for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of why I like uh, the podcast in a way, because we'll probably mostly do video, but there's also ones that I don't want to do video on. So we can just be like, I thought that was opposite. less on. I thought you wanted to do mostly audio. No, no, no. Like no. audio, uh, no, like putting it on YouTube and stuff like, 75 percent of the time <laughs> yeah and then so if you feel uncomfortable with being on camera some days it's just setting all that up it like yeah. makes me feel a and lot in the lights and yeah yeah it just yeah. seems like a lot some days so just well, like podcasts are meant to be audio anyway yeah yeah so yeah one thousand percent it's too many parts moving right so you know i have to set up for this twitch stream and i have to figure out how to do a test stream but before i do that I have my tripod over there. I have a ring light that I have to set up. I forgot my fucking battery pack, which I just realized. So now I have to figure out if it's going to extend to the thing or not. If it doesn't work, then I have to change the angle so that I have more light coming in from the natural lighting. Uh, I'll have to put makeup on. Otherwise, people will think that I'm dying. And I'll be like, I am. But, you know, and so there's all, by the time I finish all that, sometimes I'm too tired and I don't even want to film anymore. Right. So now you're laying down, fully makeup, watching TV, looking cheetahs. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And then I go to the backyard and I'm like, look at this fucking plant. And like, that's what I do with my time instead. I'm like, let's grow it. I I just try to do something. You know, yeah. So. But maybe there's things that Scott can set up that are, let's say, easier for him to do that does that don't bother him at all. You know, like yeah. you've got to be verbal about it and you've got to say, this really upsets me. I don't like doing it. And then Scott might say, I also don't like it. So then you got to team together to figure it out. Or Scott will say, I literally don't care. And you'll say, OK, well, then I'm going to go make a snacks and I'm going to go write the script. And you have to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like figure out what yeah. the other task you can do to kind of balance it. To keep it. Yeah. To keep it together. Yeah. Yeah. This has been I think you, you're incredible great setup. therapy. I love it. What's that? It's a What'd great you? setup. I love it. Oh, yeah. that's a, it, literally ninety nine point nine percent was all him. Uh, he worked Fuck on yeah. this like the last couple of days. I, he, you have been motivation for him all week <laughs> and, and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> like, Am I uh, that scary? I asked him like on Monday and he's like, I'm nervous about Thursday. I'm like, yeah. it's like four fucking days away. <laughs> like, He's like, I can't do it. Well, that's my problem. I start thinking about things and I build it up more and more and more. Well, it more. becomes a cloud over your head. Yeah. And it's <laughs> kind of, you don't know how, you don't know how it's going to go. And then he's yeah. sitting here waiting on you and he's like, I'm nervous. I'm like, we're already in the, we're already in the seat now, man. The bar's clinked. We're going up the hill. Like, yeah, so. like let me off the ride. Yeah, it's too late now. I parachute into the roller coaster with you. I'm like, sorry, I'm late. I like, I'm here. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. 
But I, I do find that that self-talk is like super, uh, I call it self-talk. And I think of it like, um, okay, like this little monkey in my head with symbols. And it's like my brain, you know, whenever I think of the Simpsons, when like a pins to Harvard's <laughs> exactly brain. What I was okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, or like a hamster in a wheel that's like stops and like chews its leg, you know. <laughs> I, I I realize that there's like two stages to be in. There's a stage where you're really nervous about something or like worried about something, which I absolutely still do. And I'll worry about things. And I don't realize I'm worrying. So I'm wasting all my time and energy by discussing it with myself. And then I go, have I been talking to myself about things that I don't know the answers to. Like yeah. you don't know how it's going to go. So I am wasting my time and energy. And once I realize I'm talking to myself, it's like you take a step back and you go, Whoa, that's I'm me. I am not my fucking thoughts. Like my thoughts exist, but that is not who I am. Right. So I try to do it as something where I go, I need to acknowledge that I am spiraling or talking about things that are upsetting. And then I need to step out of that and go, I, you have no power over me. Like uh, David Bowie, you got to go full labyrinth, you know, <laughs> and, and for me, I find visualizations help. So I like to put things in balloons. This sounds silly, but I love balloons. And so in my head, if I am reliving something that I did that was embarrassing six months ago, and I'm like, why am I reliving this horror story just before I go to sleep? I will put it in a balloon and I will go, okay, bye-bye. And I just let it go <laughs> and in, in my brain. And sometimes yeah. when I'm angry, I put things into chests. When I put the chest into a river, I put it into the river. I fire a bone arrow at it. It sets on fire. And then I watch it go over the waterfall. And then I never think about that again. You give so, it like a Viking funeral, huh? <laughs> Thank you. I told my mom, I'm like, it's a Viking funeral. She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, she didn't know what I was very disappointed. So things like that, I find really, really helpful because the talk that we have in our heads that we tell ourselves is not the truth. Like sometimes they say things, but look at all the opinions you'll have. Like one day, just try to catch how many opinions you'll have about something. You, We're going to have this podcast, right? I mean, how many different versions did you think about? And how many of those were wrong? <laughs> a lot. 95%. Yeah. You're like wrong. Dr. Strange. You're like, yeah. I've seen 11,000. Oh, <laughs> 11, you don't understand. <laughs> this is the one where she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she has a whole contract of things we can't do. and <laughs> She's pissed that we didn't get her water, even though she's like fucking Canada. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So you have to remind yourself that you have to say, well, wait a second. I spent all this time like worrying about these things and it was for nothing. And that's not, that was not something I should do again. So I, it's hard to do. Every single person does this. It's not just you. Like it's normal. I'll be in the shower, especially having full arguments with my, my shampoo bottles. Like I'll be in the shower and I'll be like, well, yeah. And if they said that, I'd say this, especially when I was in the YouTube comment day where people were leaving nasty comments. So yeah, I would yeah. read a comment and then I'd go in the shower and be like, my nose doesn't look like an eggplant. And I'd be like, fuck you. And I'd be like thinking about it. Like, but look at how I wasted my time. Yeah. That person's not thinking about me. They left a comment and they went on their life and they're yeah. ruining my day. They're not, I am, yeah. I'm doing that. So eggplant comment goes in a balloon and I go, fucking see you later. It's crazy. Like, fucking like how... anyways. <laughs> Wait until it's not above you. Yeah. But yeah. it's crazy how much a negative comment can, can affect you, even yeah. though you know they're just like, scrub. And you're like, fuck you. I'm not a scrub. I'll show you a scrub. Where do you live? <laughs> 18 paragraphs later about life and they don't even respond. You don't even know what a scrub is. Yeah. yeah. And then they don't even like, you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. You see that a lot on TikTok nowadays, too. Oh yeah. 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 And the only reason I, I said I'm not doing TikTok is because there's just too many platforms that I, that I do already. And so yeah. I won't be able to spread my time out uh, properly. If I, if I want to talk to my community, like the people who've been with me through ups and downs forever, then yeah. I need to focus on, you know, my Instagram communities, my discord communities. 
I have um things I already established. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. So and and like TikTok, people can do their things nowadays. There's so many challenges, and like I'm not a good dancer. I can't do that shit. Like, it, although that would be a really funny if you just like did it and then pop something out. That would be. I like, do have a plan for the future. Secret plan for the future is that um, as soon as you get over a certain age, anytime you try to do anything, um, you know, dance related, people think you're amazing. So once I get old enough and wrinkly enough, then I can uh, do K-pop covers. Like, <laughs> then I can go. do dances. You know, like I can be like, yeah. and they're like, <laughs> like oh my God, check out that she's hippie, hippie grandma. She's doing it. She knows what's up. Exactly. It's like a whole nother career going on. You're like, you're already having set. You're like, I'm good from 60 to 80. I know yeah. what I'm doing. I've been talking about this with my friend, Nick. Um, she's from my Korean husband. She's, she's still in Korea. Um, oh, and yeah. I've been talking to her about this for ages. I'm like, girl, when we get older, you know what's up. We're going to form a Caucasian grandma band covers the difference between successful people and then you know my wife and i who were like you know what when we hit 80 we're just going to try every drug possible <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go Why test we drive 80? what's going on oh, we're just like uh like you know we're, we got stipulations and not stipulations but we got kids and stuff and we're worried about like trying acid and stuff but we're like you know what we hit 80 we're trying every drug possible we're going to test drive a corvette we're going to throw that bitch off a cliff <laughs> she's like planning her second career we're like planning how to die <laughs> like, John, gonna, what is the, what's the movie we're in the i love you i love you <laughs> just see whatever uh, yeah that's uh um that's kind of where our plans are the whole time we're like we think it'd be fun though because it'd be like you know your grandkids go to school and you're like your pup up died <laughs> how do you die oh you get you got I fucked up on a bunch of drugs and <laughs> went, off a cliff. went off a cliff. <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was a straight arrow. He didn't even drink. Yeah, he's fucked up now. <laughs> um, I want to say thank you so much for being yeah. not only our guest on our podcast, but our very first guest. Which Yay! now Nate has to continue. Otherwise, you'll disappoint Martina here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> She's like, I wasted two hours of my life or whatever it's been. So no, definitely it's, not, it's not a waste at all. It's it's always delightful to talk to other people because I know this might sound silly, but if you have a lot of subscribers and commenters, how many of those people do you think you actually talk to as people face to face? Yeah. It's been years of me being like, how many computers does my mom own? And she's like, good job, sweetie. Like, you're doing the best. <laughs> yeah. And all the names are different handles. It's like mom one, mom bird three. And I'm like, hmm. You see her so, do an email. Like, how, how do you know how to do email all of a sudden? What the hell? <laughs> and she's like on a TikTok account. She minimizes it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I think that, you know, I, of course, I talk to a lot of people online. And for me, it is very helpful because I do find that my community is part of my build a ladder, right? Getting up in the morning and being like, I... I literally, this sounds horrible, but I'm like, I can never kill myself because I have so many people in my community that I interact with and it would be so disappointing to them and it would be so devastating. So that's just like even another reason to keep going. So when I have a dark down day, I go, no, I can't, I can't do that to these people because they're the ones that will suffer. I'll be gone and I'll be like, see ya. And everyone else will be like upset and this this sucks. And is this going to be me? So I said, no, you've at least got people now like around the world and Nate's part of that community and Scott, you're part of that community and whatever other community you're part of you've connected with these people. So I I think of it as motivation to help me out as well. Um, And since you guys are starting out with doing YouTube and podcasts and all that, not starting out, but you know what I mean? Um, 
community can build and community can help you and you ignore the fucking dumb people and the more haters you get that means the more successful you are yeah. it's like that's literally it's literally yeah. like this it's yeah. like the mo money mo problem so actually i think the first time we ever got a dislike i was like yes it was on me <laughs> it was on me in that damn k-pop video <laughs> that thing still gets a negative comment like once a month or something you're like bring bring it in you should just like share it with the k-pop forum and bring in more money from the angry I, t- I told him i was like i should have I, I really fucked up i should just been on there and been like fuck you k-pop sucks or something like that <laughs> just just to like stir the pot and see like see what, what would have happened but i'm sure my name and like my face is like on like dartboard somewhere like <laughs> a bunch of they, they go through phases so you were just their one focus for the day like yeah. they, they you know they move on to other people all day long it's the same uh, thing like you know yeah they got yeah they have like they have a list of things to do <laughs> you do great. convince everyone that bts is the best and it's like not everybody likes the same bands as you and they're like i'll kill you <laughs> <laughs> how dare you there can only be you. one um well again thank you uh i'm not rushing you off by any means but i know mm-hmm you're probably, you got other things to do. So I want to say thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Thank you so much for being open and not only open with us, but like open with your build a ladder movement with your struggles, because it does help a lot of people understand like that they're not alone. Um, and, and not like everyone's at a different place. So whether you're worse off or you're better off, you're going through a different place and, and you know that people are struggling. And so that's, it's really cool to see somebody so successful and, and so personable and so like us, you know, be a part of that and be open to that. So, um, and thank you for starting that hashtag build a ladder. Cause I could never articulate. I'm just like telling Nate, like, just be happy about one thing, like that <laughs> tiny thing over there. Be happy about it. You're breathing. Like it's a good thing. So, um, Thank you for being a part of that. And I can't wait to see what King Kogi does. I'm going to have to be a super fan now, which means I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to watch every King King Kogi video. So I'll be there. Um, What do you got to say? Yeah, just thank you. Uh, Did you get anything good out of it? Like, do you feel any, you know, a little bit of hope or anything? Total shit. (laughs) no honestly (laughs) honestly i'd already been trying to do the build a ladder thing uh just like like you said like get up get a shower get up you know up try and appreciate something which i'm very bad at so i'd like stop stop pushing so hard and take a second and just realize what you you've done already yeah and you're kind of in training mode right i mean like you've got all these superheroes behind you you've got all these people behind you all these movies that we like to watch (laughs) And like, how do we never fucking learn our lessons from these people, right? They never just are great. Everybody struggles, right? Everyone, Batman is literally in a pit. He literally has to get out of a pit, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like build a ladder where I want to be like suing you guys, but no. you, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. every superhero goes through a struggle, but we watch yeah. it and we're like, oh, so cool that they did that. Yeah, that can be us too. Yeah. <laughs> that We can do that. We, we can be our own like person that gets us out of that pit because there's never anyone else helping them so even though i told you guys about build a ladder and this concept that works for me people say thank you and i go right but i didn't do the work you did right if you are building a ladder and you're like oh this hot water feels so good like thank god i could just stay here for 20 minutes or you know i can't wait to have a cup of coffee or you know like the grass is like incredible today look at the dew you know like if you can do that then you're getting out of your head and getting out of your head means not listening to those voices so it's a training problem you know what i mean it's like a training and then like every day you're kind of training it and and the reason that whole ladder thing exists is because 
you do fall back down again. As I said, it's not just hope, 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 because that's unrealistic. And then that's devastating, right? So instead you go, I will fall off, but now I know what to do. It's like starting a video game from the beginning, like Dark Souls, like, got it, oh I got to dodge this, I got to do this. That's a whole nother level of depression. Watching Dark yeah. Souls, like, oh my God, I'm dying but yeah, um, so that's that's what I'm saying is that I think that like if you know that you have to start things again, it can be frustrating. But yeah. if it's not Dark Souls level terrifying, like you you go, okay, I got this. Like today I'm yeah. feeling down because of this, and you you have to catch it, you have to say it, like you have to say, oh, this is how I'm feeling, and what can I do? And so then you start becoming the superhero that you need, you know, not the superhero that I I love that you bring up superhero so much because like I one of my biggest like that is really cool moment is when they did that with thor when they when they ha- they don't say it but when they have thor go through ptsd yes like yes. that is oh, an amazing yeah. thing to see and like he goes through not only mental changes but physical changes and, physical and, changes yeah and you know for for the god of thunder to look like he did and everybody thought it was funny and everything but that's also a real thing that's what really happens is like you know you fall off that wagon you you, you go down into that pit into the pit and yeah. so and, and sometimes you know like he he had to have some support to help him grow but like you 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 got to find a different perspective on life to be able to get out of that yeah and so that's uh, i just I love we've that. got one life you know I, I think of myself like we got one life we think we think it's so long we suffer so much all the time we think about like when we're in high school like fuck this is never going to end or you know you're in a bad relationship or a good one or whatever like there's this feeling that it's never going to end but then when things happen like my dad passing away so abruptly or you experiencing the military or you being like this day's good this day's bad it feels like it's just going on right like forever but really yeah. Our life is not that long. Like we are the humans in the world of the elves and Lord of the Rings. They're like, they're not fucking worth it. We're like, we're off to the woods. Like, see ya. Like, like we, our lives are pretty short. So we basically spend the first, what, 15 years being fucking idiots that don't know shit. Like the first like seven years, we're just shitting in our pants and stuff. Like we think we know stuff, but we don't. And then if we go to school, we're not actually in the world yet. We're in like this comfortable little bubble that we don't realize, but we're suffering. Then we get yeah. out of that and we're like, now I'm in the real world. And then it sucks. And so you're like, what the fuck? So but you're already here. Like I'm 38, right? So yeah. I'm 38 and I only have how much of my life left? Like hundred, maybe I'll live to hundred, but 80 to hundred, I'll be old 60 yeah. to 70. I'll start be feeling more achy 40 to 50. That's like probably the last of my youth. So I say to myself, what well, fucking, like, I'm not going to fucking sit around here and let this illness ruin my life. It's my life. Like, so that's the kind of pep talk you need to have to yourself. Like fucking the new Spider-Man where he's all crushed in a puddle and he's like, yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> he's like, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, we got to be that part where Thor snaps out of it or he'll like forgives himself when he meets his mom, you know, and like yeah. all this kind of stuff. And then we got to be that hero. And that's exactly why I keep Wolverine here as well with his cute little cupcakes <laughs> <laughs> because he pushes through, you know, his superpower isn't regeneration to me. His superpower is, is getting through chronic pain. His superpower is facing that and dealing with it and coming through anyways, like to do the right thing, to protect the right people. So I'm like, yeah, I got to keep this in mind. You know? I find that he represents you in a different light uh, because he's like semi-immortal. So he's gone through so much. So much. And it's it that has to feel, you know, like they show him getting bored with Ward and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's the same thing over and over. And like he yet somehow finds a way to push through and to still care not only about you know living but him like people around him and stuff like after losing yeah. so much you you kind of like you think like well everyone's gonna die anyway like what's the point but 
you know, he, yeah. he pushes through four, four, four or 500 years old. I mean, he's still like, yeah. Protecting the youth. Yeah. Yeah. Protecting yeah. Like youth, yeah. he doesn't want them to go to military, like in, you know, all the comic lines and yeah. fucking Cyclops is like, we need to prepare them. And I'm like, I always knew Cyclops was a douche. <laughs> so, you know, you know. That's what I don't I think, know what it is. It hate I think that's where like a lot of his depression comes from is, you know, cause he does feel that loneliness from, it doesn't matter who he knows or whatever. He's going to be lonely anyway. Yeah. But he still chooses to do something that is good in the world. And, and he's like, still, that's how I yeah, want to go out. Yeah. And he still you lets know? people in, which is important. So yeah, yes, exactly. And that's why I'm glad you guys have each other as well, because you are experiencing um, awful, sad things, but you're also explaining it to each other and not keeping it in because that can be really detrimental to just like keep it inside, you know, yeah. and you want each other to be better. Like you don't want your friend to be sad and you don't want your friend to be sad. So I, I try to just think about, you know, I don't want other people don't want me to be sad. I'm not going to be fake happy. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I'm not thinking about my other worries right now. I'm here with you guys. I feel like we could be at a bar right now. We could have yeah. a pint right now. Like, this is just like a fun conversation. And that's this is the moment I'm in. I'm not yeah. thinking about the future because a meteorite might fucking hit us and we all die. And I wasted my time worrying. So or a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say about the rocket. Have you heard about that? <laughs> no. There's a Chinese There's a, yeah. uh, booster that end up in low orbit and so now it's going what? it's orbiting around the earth at 90 minutes per rotation and it can right land. now yeah. Yeah. yeah it's gonna land sometime i think you're out of the zone you might be right on the edge there's a zone of where it's gonna crash 70 percent of it's covered in water 30 percent of it's covered in land a lot of we're all it's like covered in people. what are the uh, i know right <laughs> and i'm like game. i'm like it's i we live in florida of course it's going to be fucking florida florida has the weirdest shit happen to it because <laughs> we are the weirdest fucking people <laughs> so yeah, but it won't change they're different they're going to go there and be like yeah yeah they won't even give a fuck they'll be like, like that that blew away my neighbor that <laughs> <laughs> gator went right out of the water and landed on my neighbor's roof it was crazy it is so insane down here we had somebody throw a gator through a Wendy's drive through window because they were mad. They went and found a gator, picked him up, threw him through the window. It's sad that I don't remember that whenever it's like so common. Yeah, it's so common. You're just like Florida man, whatever. <laughs> happens again. Yeah. Um, well, anyhow, I'm going to keep talking your ears off. No, yeah, um, I really gonna... I really am enjoying this, honestly, but I have to grocery shop and I yeah. can't sit for this long. So that's the only yeah. thing. But, um, no, please. Yeah. yeah, I saw. Yeah. So thank you so much for attending. Uh, being part of our podcast, we would love to have you on again. Uh, you know, someday, sometime whenever you're ready, uh, yeah. maybe we can do like a D and D session or something. Ooh, yeah, cool. that'd be fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll make I have it to quicker find than my this, die. So. Uh, <laughs> so excited! I'm yeah, like an elf. I'm like a dark elf. I don't know why. <laughs> this would be great. This would be awesome. Maybe that's what we can do. We'll set up a, like a D and D session or something. That'd be fun. Gotta but, make a new character, but but yeah, please keep in touch because I would absolutely love to do another podcast with you guys. But I'm not going to be podcast number two because you're going to yeah. do podcast number two no, and then you're going to do yeah. podcast number three. And then I'm, no, I don't mean yeah. I'm not going to. I'm saying I'm going to make you guys be like, well, yeah, yeah, we're not going to yeah. be like, hey, you're a regular. Like, you know, <laughs> she, she's on every day from two to four. <laughs> um, but again, thank you so much for ha uh, being on. I was going to say for having us. <laughs> like, I'm already my like, show, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, being on and, and being a part of this. And I don't know. It's been a pleasure meeting you. It's yeah, a super, absolutely. super pleasure. That's so. wonderful. Thanks, guys. It's been lovely to meet you guys, too. I'm I'm with my fellow nerds in a way. <laughs> not nerds at all. If you're with the nerds, you yeah. are the normal. I'm yeah, yeah you're the people, normal. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, take care, and we'll talk later.
Okay, very nice to meet you guys again. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're doing tiny. Um, hey, look, you got four hearts. Everybody. You got four hearts because your glasses. Oh, yeah, your glasses. Yeah, there Wait. you go. Oh, oh you're doing <laughs> There, there you we go. go. There we go. Look at that. And the middle finger. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Starting a new child. Oh, oh, I have yeah. a really good middle finger from EDS. You it too. Really, like, look at that thing. Look at that. <laughs> Illegal. That that it feels offensive. Like you, you're <laughs> yeah, doing extra, it right? extra on it. <laughs> Straight offensive. Like, and that's how we ended it. We're like, see you guys later. <laughs> this we is how we're gonna end every fingers. podcast like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, Martina. Bye. Bye guys. Bye. -bye. Bye.